0: hello welcome to the hope Cast, where we hear about normal people following jesus in the 21st century join me in guests in conversations and how to do daily life with struggles that come the hope we find in jesus plus anything in between come on in Hi guys, welcome back to the HopeCast, so giving you my real-time update once again. Um, I've recovered from chickenpox, you'll be happy to hear. Uh, Yes, uh, it's pretty, it's good, it's feeling good. Um, I'm not ill anymore, I've managed to leave the house, Uh, but I am kind of restless. So hopefully I can get away somewhere, or just, you know, see a lake, see a field, see a tree, something. But yes, we're going to be jumping in to the second half of what Ian said. Um, There are many parts, but this is the second half of the conversation that we had last week. So do enjoy this part two of Why Grace. Uh, Be sure to follow Instagram at the.hopecast and the YouTube Hope Olivia. You can find that in the description. You can look for all the links and I hope you enjoyed this. We're going to jump straight into some quick questions with Ian. Woo. What was your first vehicle?
1: Uh, a Peugeot 106 and the sunroof didn't work
0: <laughs>
1: and so it was broken so like it just kind of flapped around in the wind <laughs> and, uh, when you went down the motorway uh, it would make this like, really high-pitched noise and Lindsay <laughs> was studying. She did medicine in uh, Nottingham when I was in Glasgow. And uh, I would drive down after playing rugby on a Saturday to see her. And if you got above 50 miles an hour, like the whole time, it's just going, oh, no. like you can't hear the radio or anything. And uh, so I have really fond memories of this very go-kart type car with a broken sunroof because it was... Heading down to Nottingham to see Lindsay and uh hang out for a couple of days before I would head back to Glasgow. So that was my first car. Sounds I amazing. <laughs> I miss it every day. Now I've got a boring Volkswagen. Oh. I mean,
0: to be me. honest, I don't even know much about cars. I don't really know why I asked that question. <laughs> but I like, literally don't even know <laughs> the type of cars. Like <laughs> so. <But> anyway. <laughs> um what is your favourite animal
1: and why? Dogs every time. Oh I'm a big yeah. dogs. When our kids are old enough, I am definitely
0: yeah.
1: a dog. Um we I had golden retrievers growing up. And they're Aww. beautiful, fun loving, good natured uh, waggy tailed mm. beauties. So looking to probably get something similar when kids are a bit older
0: awesome i maybe not explaining the whole trinity stuff but why is the holy spirit so significant um yeah. kind of and why do we even have it like how how is it possible for god to live inside of us like could you just kind of explain what you mean by all of
1: that yes okay so uh let me begin in the beginning so it's a good place to start um so when the world's created uh, we see the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in action. So, one God, three persons. Don't worry; that's the only explanation I'll do for Trinity. <laughs> um, and um, the Holy Spirit hovers over the deep. Is what the the text in Genesis one says. And there's this kind of like creative power, uh, which is the power of God, that is waiting to to create to create this masterpiece that we now see, which is planet Earth right um and and more the whole cosmos stars moons whole thing right Mm -hmm. um and so that's where that's where we're introduced to the holy spirit and then we see that in the garden uh where adam and eve lived and dwelt with god it becomes quite clear that that is like a temple uh, a place where uh, god dwells with his people and uh, it's the kind of first temple if you like in the bible Um, And the reason we know that's a temple is because when you then go further on into the Old Testament, you see all kinds of imagery about uh, rivers, um, of leaves, of fruit, of uh, all kinds of garden imagery. And uh, specifically the garden imagery of Eden. Um, We even see things like uh, cherubim standing at gates um outside uh, on on uh, in symbolism in the temple which is a symbolism taken straight from genesis where we see that after adam and eve are cast out the garden that there is a guard of cherubim put up um who stand at the at the gates of eden and um We see that again in the temple uh, when the temple is built and before that when the tabernacle which was this big tent of meeting that the israelites met in um uh, we see that same kind of symbolism so see on the walls and the design and everything that god gives in terms of the design for the temple it's like you know leaves and branches and uh all kind of, like there's a there's these lampstands that look like the the two trees, um significant trees that were in Genesis. We won't get into that just now, but you know, all this kind of stuff, right? And then um as we go on through the Bible, it becomes evident that the water is one of the uh symbol some kind of symbolisms of of the Holy Spirit as well as uh fruit. And again and again and again, fruit and water talked about Um, Mm. then when jesus comes along he to cut a very long story short when jesus comes along he stands up at a festival called the feast of tabernacles and at that feast of tabernacles he um uh kind of stands up and cries out in this really loud voice that's what it says Uh, And he kind of shocks the crowds with this statement. And we might think, why did he shock the crowds with this statement? It's because he said this, that out of our hearts will flow streams of living water. And he's pointing back to Genesis and all that symbolism all the way through the Old Testament of garden imagery to say that he is going to send the Holy Spirit because he then explains it. And actually, John then explains it in his gospel that he's talking about the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. Hmm. Who is still to come, right? After Jesus dies, he's resurrected from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, who brings new life. Then he ascends on high, takes his rightful place at the right hand of God on the throne. And what happens at Pentecost, when the, which is when the church is born, he pours out the Holy Spirit, yeah. right and he, that's the moment that he was talking about when he stood up at the feast of tabernacles this significant feast because the feast of tabernacles obviously points back to this uh temple-like structure that they had when they were wandering the israelites were wandering the desert uh, pre-temple and um, but had all this garden imagery and so um he the holy spirit poured out on the people and at that moment we become the temples so the holy spirit is in us mm. and so we become these temples of the holy spirit rivers of living water flowing out of us overflowing with fruit right and so now we see that the holy spirit is essentially the presence of god on the earth so when we look back at the garden of eden we go that was like a first temple and people dwelt with god they walked with god ah that they were walking in the the holy spirit the holy spirit was there and then we see that uh, only certain people were allowed into the temple courts because mm. they could only some could get into the presence of God because they were full of sin and that Jesus hadn't come at that, that point as the great high priest and as the sacrificial lamb who would take away the sin of the world so that we could enter into that presence. We see that there, that's where the Holy Spirit dwelt. And then when Jesus comes, the Holy Spirit dwelling in him and he then ascends on high, pours out that holy spirit after he dies and is resurrected so that the church is filled with this holy spirit and that means that the presence of god now lives in us like we are little gardens like we are little temples and um that will revolutionize your walk with god if you can grasp that god his presence the holy spirit lives in you and is empowering you remember that creative power as the of the, the spirit hovered over the deep well mm-hmm. That's in you. Remember that creative power that brought Jesus back from the dead? The resurrection? That Holy Spirit is in you. And so that will completely revolutionize the way that you look at God, the way you look at yourself, the way you look at life. Because life is being poured out from within you because you're a temple of the Spirit. Whoa,
0: (laughs) that is a very good explanation. And I I didn't realize all the kind of imagery of I, I've always wondered why like why the Bible uses so much about water and like trees mm. and vines and fruit, and that makes a lot more sense now.
1: <laughs> there you go, yeah. So it's a huge theme, and and actually one that we often neglect, partly because we we want to talk about other aspects of the good news about Jesus, which is wonderful, but this is a part of it. This is a really important part of it. Um. Mm. And so, and I think particularly for uh, those of us who are Christians and we we want to see the power of God at work in our lives uh, in all kinds of ways, uh, we we need to know this truth.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I'm glad that you also said about. Um... How the Holy Spirit used to dwell in the temple, but there, there were kind of conditions. Only certain people, like priests, could access the Uh-oh. presence of God, okay. and they had. To, there were a lot of steps to get there. So, what so dramatically changed when Jesus came, died, and resurrected, to to being changed so much that it's now in us?
1: Yeah, the Holy Spirit. Great question. Um, and actually, Zara answered this in the first podcast in much more detail than i'm about to but there's just two things that i'd love to touch on uh one is that jesus is your great high priest and uh, what that means is that instead of you requiring someone else on your behalf uh, to enter into the presence of god for you um, and to make sacrifices for you um for the sins that you have committed you no longer need to do that and the reason you no longer need to do that is because jesus is your great high priest jesus is the one who is uh cle- who has cleansed you jesus is the one who has made you new and jesus is the one who is has made provided a way for you to enter into the presence of god without any of those cleansing rituals required anymore he is your he is the one who has cleansed you and made you holy Mm. and the way that he has done that as a great high priest is not only to be the great high priest but also to be the sacrificial lamb so he makes the sacrifice as the great high priest but but what's being sacrificed well it's himself he is the Mm. lamb of god who has come to take away the sins of the world and so you read all about all these bloody sacrifices in the Old Testament. And you might think, man, what has that got to do with me? How is that relevant for me today? Well, it's extremely relevant because that should actually be you. Now, that sounds brittle, <laughs> but it is true. So you and I are uh, have fallen short of the glory of God and we cannot enter into his presence. Now, if we lived near the temple, um, we would understand that there'd be blood flowing from the temple day after day uh, being washed down the streets because people are bringing sacrifices for their sin because they can and they can't enter into that holy place. They can't be with God and they recognize that their sin was separating them from God. But Jesus has come to be that sacrifice for you. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and he's taken away your sin. If you've put your faith in him and he's made you, he's, He's—he has literally substituted himself for you, so that now he can uh, be the 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 way in to the presence of God for you. And not only that, but back to the high priest thing—he's sacrificed. He's made your sacrifice. But at that, during um, the the uh, the second uh, temple days and the first temple days w- would have been true that you would have walked away at that point. Right. So yeah, hmm. you brought your sacrifice and in faith, you are asking God to remove sin fr- from you, but you know that ultimately animal sacrifices aren't going to be enough and you're going to need something else, a-, a Messiah to come. Right. Right. And so the Messiah's come, he's the Lamb of God, takes away the sins of the world, and he's a great high priest. So instead of you walking away at that point now, so Jesus is your sacrifice, he's been slaughtered, but then he's risen from the dead, and as a great high priest, he walks you into the presence of God. All right? So you're not you're not walking away from the Temple Mount, you're walking into the inner sanctuary. With Jesus, who is your great high priest, so that great high the great high priest could only enter, uh, the 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 high priest could only enter in once a year on a a this kind of special day, and he would be uh, there would be all kinds of conditions to to what he would have to do to then enter in, but Jesus through his one time sacrifice, and the the true high priest for all of us who is now in the presence of God, in heaven and who is advocating for you is he is he has walked you in to the throne room into the presence of god um so yeah the whole so that he has changed everything for you so that now you can become this temple of the holy spirit you can enter into the presence of god you don't need to uh, lay down sacrifices you don't have to do anything you simply come Uh, by the invitation of Jesus, the Lamb of God, uh, by the great high priest that he is.
0: There were so many big truths there. And I think what's particularly stood out to me is that, yeah, Jesus made that sacrifice once and for all. um, And it means that we don't kind of have to clean ourselves up to enter God's presence because Jesus already cleaned us Mm. those 2,000 years ago, which is so significant because... I think, yeah, definitely what you said earlier about this being uh, the whole world being based on works and you kind of earn your way into this job and you earn your way into your degree mm-hmm. and do all this is completely um, counter-cultural to the whole way the world works. So thank you so much. If you had like one piece of advice to give to someone who's just heard this and they were kind of like, okay, so what can I do to accept this sacrifice that god's made on my behalf what can i do to enter into that and yeah what would you say to them
1: what a great question um stop trying start receiving jesus has done it all for you and it's time to let go of your pride that says that you have to do it because jesus has done it it's done it's finished he he said it is finished on the cross and he says that to you today uh, it is finished he has done the work required for you to enter into a relationship with God to know him to have right standing with him to enter into the uh, to become a a, a a temple of the Holy spirit so stop trying start receiving
0: so good thank you so much Ian and pleasure that-
1: oh thank you